you want to hear the first stupid thing that I did? Of course, happened day two. I was already okay. So I set up like obviously I have more than one Gmail. So I have like the postal one. I have whatever mm-hmm. I requested access to something from the self control and cheese email. Oh, and the CEO responds and he goes, Bridget, can you use your postal email? And I was like, sure can. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. You I bet. Will. You know um, what? I'm on it. So sorry. It's, it's, there's always something. You just have to get it out of the way, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into it. Let's freaking do it. All right. I never see that in the audio, actually. We do so. it every time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hi. Hey. Happy Tuesday. Um, it's actually Monday that we're recording this, but details. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, we know that people are calling whatever's happening right now the great resignation. And it's, it's a real thing. It's really happening. Bridget and I participated because we love a good trend. Um, <laughs> Um, not really. Um, Drag me harder. <laughs> I literally started a podcast during a pandemic and participated in Great Resignation. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Sue us. Uh, this is the hottest job market we've legit ever seen, like the market has ever seen. And we kind of love that for all of us. I saw someone on LinkedIn today being so pissed about job hoppers and was like, you're not loyal, like, no, no, no. And I was like, loyalty to a company doesn't exist anymore if it's not reciprocated. Right. Like, so regardless, if you're not happy with your current job, start looking, start preparing, start thinking about what you want to be happy. Cause we all have the opportunity to just go for it, apply for a job, apply for multiple jobs, ask for intros, whatever companies are hiring like mad. And we've done a few episodes on interviewing, how to ask for what you want, all that jazz, but we wanted this episode to be topical, like top of mind things for us, but also, okay, you land the gig. What happens after that? Yeah, for sure. First thing you should do after you land a new gig is cough, take some time off cough. (laughs) Not kidding. We all kind of need a little break between jobs. I know only if you can swing it, obviously, but honestly, that's where your savings comes in. Like that's, it's to save you literally. So in this episode, we're kind of going to chat about how to start a new job and what to do. And honestly, more importantly, like what not to do in your first week, Mm -hmm. but like how to make a good impression and set yourself up for success, blah, 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 all the good stuff. So let's get into it. Let's freaking go. Let's go. So we had like kind of different week ones. Very different. I would say yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Like tell me about yours. Yeah. Week one, I started day one from home. There wasn't a ton. It was kind of a lot of getting my computer set up and all that shit. And like going through like a lot of the HR stuff. Day two was spent entirely on an airplane. Obviously day one, I met my manager and like all that stuff. Like I had met her before, but yeah, it was really nice. No real other meetings besides that, which was kind of nice. Get my bearings. And also under the pretenses that day two is going to be entirely on an airplane. So like I, what what was I going to get done day one? Yeah, I flew to San Luis Obispo, California, which is kind of by Santa Barbara. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was in the office, which was really nice. And there were a bunch of other people that either had just started or it was like they're just their first time in the office. I would say probably half of the company is in San Luis Obispo and the only other tech company there is MindBody. 
but getting to meet people in person and just kind of like go through things, obviously met Alyssa and she's so rad met my direct report. Who's like an angel of a human being and like has learned so much by himself. I'm like, honestly, so impressed. <laughs> Me and Alyssa were joking that he's like the best step kid I could have adopted or like <laughs> could have, could have gotten, uh, things are good. I honestly didn't get that much done, but like it, it was more important that I was like getting FaceTime with people and actually just chatting. And I was like told to set up my own onboarding. So I, she gave me a list of people to set meetings with. And I just like put them on calendars and I set one with the CEO at the end of the week, but I had literally already talked to him like four times during the week, just randomly. He came to lunch one day, just like so chill. It was honestly great. Like, like I said, didn't get much done on paper, but it was good. It was really good having that FaceTime in person. What do you mean by you didn't get stuff done? Like, what were you, what would you anticipate having to like do oh yeah yeah, your yeah first week like what do you mean I mean I just felt like Richie was kind of still a one-man show and that's fine like I was offering support and I was being pulled into meetings so it wasn't even like that but like getting stuff done in the context of I could I was getting pulled into meetings and I'm like I can only speak to this from a content marketing perspective I have no idea what Postal wants to do you know mm-hmm. stuff like that and I feel like there was nothing I actually I have to do a 30 60 90 okay at this point like I'm already six days in to my 30 uh but I would have loved to get that done by the end of the week, but I didn't. But I did have two interviews for roles that I'm going to be hiring for already. So you're right. I did get stuff done. You're right. Yeah. I mean, like you can't I know. start a job in week <laughs> one and be like, yeah, I'm going to write an ebook this week. No, no, no. No, but I'm I just mean like the priorities calendar for the rest yeah. of the year. You know? Yeah. Like- but the priorities were different. I think, again, it was just really good to get in like literally in the room with people and like get to know people face to face yeah we're kind of like doing the opposite yeah tell me tell me about your week one my week one was pretty cool I got onboarded for the first time oh love that for you congratulations congrats (laughs) I've never been onboarded so uh in the feedback session that I have later this week I'm gonna be like well for my vast experience of onboarding myself this was much better loved Mm -hmm. that, but it was cool. There were two other people who were onboarding with me, but on the sales side and the marketing team here is definitely more of a growth team. And by that, I mean, focused on user acquisition from like a free user standpoint versus your, your usual marketing team, demand gen demo generating type of team, which I appreciate because that's what I came from, but I think it's I like to have a little bit more experimentation in my day-to-day, but I met a ton of people. And then on day two, one of our competitors got bought by Walmart and just like shut off all operations. Like Walmart basically bought the company so that they could use their product internally and no one else could. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my day two. It was crazy. And so it was really like all hands on deck. We have to get a migration campaign up right now to have people be able to migrate from their platform to ours and know that they have that option with us and like X, Y, and Z. And it was like, I couldn't just sit there and not participate, Yeah. but there were like levels to which I could and should participate. So right. I posted in the Facebook community being like, Hey, if anyone offers freelancer agency services, fill out this Google form. And I created the Google form because that was low stakes. Mm-hmm. And then I helped give feedback on like the layout of a landing page for the, the migration page, but I couldn't, 
Totally. I couldn't give any comments on the copy. I couldn't give any comments on positioning. Like there was even like being a part of the, of some of these conversations, I was lit day two. Yeah. Day two. But dude, like think about that's already growth for both of us of just being like, what am I helping more than I'm hurting? Yeah. Like am I I hurting more than I'm helping? You know, it's, I think especially being new to a company, you can use that to your advantage and be the person who can be the fresh perspective for each of the different departments that you're being introduced to. And if you're not being introduced to them, to take it upon yourself to make those introductions. There's a product expert on the team and I want to know everything that he knows. Not really, but I want to know like the scope of what he knows and how he transfers that knowledge. And nobody told me to talk to him, but I was like, obviously I'm going to talk to this guy. So I think especially when it's your, your first month, you have a little bit more leeway in the sense of like, people aren't going to be like, why is this new girl DMing me? Mm -hmm. You can be like, Hey, I'm new here. I would love to know what you do at the company. Can I throw some time on your calendar to chat? Easy. Yeah. Yep. Because then you, even if you aren't getting onboarded in the traditional sense, you're meeting people on the team. It's the same as if you were set up coffee chats or whatever in, in the office. So that was cool. This company is also small. They're like 35 ish people, which is really nice because New people will join the team and literally everyone will welcome them in the yes. general like yeah, even, <laughs> even it was even person. like that for me. And it's probably double the size, but still 60 small. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. So it was it's sweet. I was I am still like tired just from learning an entirely new yeah. like space. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like so much information in your brain all at one time, but it's lit. Like it's cool. I would say also week one you're going to feel like you have quote unquote, nothing to do, but in between like your onboarding meetings, read the company blog, like watch Dude, the read company it. YouTube channel, yep. see who they're interacting with on social and then follow all of those people so that your feed Ugh. then gets updated with the things that people in your space are talking about. Because I've been in one sector of software my whole career. And now I'm in a totally new one where I have to learn a whole bunch of new acronyms. Yep. <laughs> Dude, you're a content marketer's dream. She just said, read the blog and watch the videos and follow people on social. Like that's, I love you. You know, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm usually the kind of person who's now I'll just learn by doing. But my thing is like, if I'm not going to be the power user of the platform, I need to figure out who is the power user of the platform and how they like to be spoken to and and what they like to read. Your first week is also a great week to ask for access into systems that you'll forget about once you start getting into the thick of it. And then it'll just kind of like slow you down later when Mm -hmm. you realize that you don't have access to the sources of truth that people are talking about. So um, that's what my first week was like. What are some things that you shouldn't do? (laughs) Kind of starting starting a job, whether you are like an individual contributor, you're going to be a people manager, you're going to be a team lead. What are just the, the red flags of something that yeah. you're going to feel like enticed to do because you want to get in and get your hands dirty and like figure shit out, but what you should not do and like yeah. roll back. On. Uh, we can just go for it here. Both of us just kind of like fire them away. For me, I even said at the beginning, like I didn't get anything done. My gut instinct is to make an impact as fast as possible. And like I was saying, that's not always a good thing. No, you have to bite (laughs) off pieces that you can chew. And like like, trying to make an impact 
without any context is just going to force people to either re- redo the work that they've already done or do half-assed work that all like quote unquote always works because it's generic enough where it can work anywhere. Like trying to do something immediately, trying to execute immediately, especially if yeah. you're a leader. I don't know if any heads of or VPs of or chief, whatever, listen to this, but if you come in and you immediately start telling your direct reports what to do, what they do or what they've done wrong, bad, bad, bad move, bad you, move. That is not a, that is, you shouldn't don't do that. I had, don't do that. I had a leader come in once and their introduction to the team, when they sat down and introduced themselves to the team, they literally gave us their life story. Don't need like it. Very personal information about themselves. Nope. Didn't ask any of us for their names. It was in the middle of lunchtime too. So it was just, there were a lot of things where they made a lot of assumptions about what the team is, was, and was not going to want to know about this person. Yeah. And what I learned from that session was they had no disregard for like our rituals in the yeah. office. They didn't really care about learning about any of us on a personal note or a professional note. Three months into them being at the company, they still didn't know our names. It was, Ugh. it just started everything off on the wrong foot. So like, don't do, and this was our first time meeting them. Yeah. And we were like, we, uh, okay, we now know very intimate details about you and you don't know one Molly from the other Molly. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. do you, yeah, Uh, that was tough. Don't do that. Yeah. One of the <laughs> similar story, like one of my last jobs, the, there was somebody new that came in and he was kind of talking about what he, again, like just hobbies, what he likes to do, but he went really far into it. And a lot of it was like, I really love to travel and like listed off all these places he had been in like the last month. And all of us were just slacking each other. Like, oh, this man is rich, rich. And he's just telling us that in a weird way that he just has a bunch of money and can do all these things that none of us can relate to him on. Like, yeah. I don't know if this is a power move or like what this is about, but it's not cool. It's not, it doesn't humanize you. Yeah. And it shows that you're like disconnected from our realities too of like, okay, great. Can I go to this person? If I'm having like a personal issue and need to be able to back off from things, like obviously they have literally no understanding of what it's like to remember what it's like to be 26, 27 in the workforce probs not. So, I mean, if anything, your first week is to humanize yourself and show a little bit of your personality and like, yeah, but not too much too. Like you want, yeah, you don't. Me and you, I know, like we both come off very, we come on very strong. Like we're, that's just our personalities, but it's also balancing out, especially now that I'm coming in as a people manager. I can't be talking about myself all the time. I want to share enough so that people, if they're comfortable, want to talk about it. But like, I also want to get to know people over an extended period of time because like, that's how you get closer. You don't just word vomit all over people. And then like, they don't even know where to start when they're talking to you. Like, wouldn't you right. rather like build a relationship slowly over time where like you're actually interested in getting to know each other and they're actually asking you questions because they care. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, that's also where the coffee chats come in. I think, especially as you rise up in the ranks, a lot of people like start at companies and they're like, I'm going to put time on everyone's calendar to get to know them. And then you just never get that calendar invite. Mm-hmm. I would say even when you get higher up in the company and you say those things and then you just like Bridget at director level, you're going to get pulled into meetings like immediately during your free time, schedule those one-on-ones because it'll actually make people feel better about you joining than not making that sort of immediate, the immediate effort of like trying to get to know your external team. 
Meanwhile, we can talk about someone who entered a team beautifully. This other person that I worked with joined a team that was a bit under duress. I feel like there's always a part in a tech startups life cycle where things are just a little bit fucked. And so if you're going through that right now, also in tech, don't worry. But also if those aren't the problems that you like to solve, that's a great learning opportunity for you to get the fuck out. But regardless, this person came in when the whole team was under duress and all, all they did was sit into conversations and say, this is what I think seeing it from an external perspective, feel free to disagree with me because I could be so wrong or like, feel free to tell me the other side of the story that I'm not seeing. I think just coming into those conversations and knowing that you do have, or you have seen something like this before, like as you get older, or as you spend more time in your career, you'll see more companies have the same problems, but not being like, I know exactly how to solve this. And here's how, and instead being like, this is what I'm observing. This is how I think we could go about solving that. And like, we should do it together as a team. Mm -hmm. Even if you are VP C-suite level, that's going to get your team to be able to participate and like bring their own thoughts, feelings, opinions, whatever. Create a safe space. Into like solving the actual problem so that everyone can learn and you just don't take the reins and decide to do shit by yourself because then fuck you. The other thing that I think is important is, yeah, I think, I mean, the CEO told me straight up, he was like, what I expect from you, at least in the first like little bit here is just fresh eyes. Yeah. There's something you see that's not working or something that you see that could be better. Kind of note that, ask why things are the way that they are, like get the context there. But I also think there are meetings that I was pulled into that I was solely pulled into so that I had context moving forward. I wasn't, I wasn't there to give any feedback and it's kind of just reading the room learn how to read the room. Are you there to, because they genuinely want your opinion or are you there so that when they talk about this conversation two weeks from now, you're not lost. Right. And honestly, more of them for me were, was the second, because it was just like, Hey, this historically, like you get pulled into those because historically it, it was somebody else that was running those meetings. And now they're like, Oh wait, okay. Bridget has no to do's or, or nothing to bring to this meeting, but we want to make sure she's in the conversation moving forward. I would um, say another hot tip of what to do on your first week is calendar stock people. Hell yeah. Look at every single person that you think will either be your peer or one level above you and see what meetings they're in on a weekly basis and ask to be a part of them. And if they're like, no, you don't need to be a part of that one. Be like, okay, why the, your first week is such ample opportunity for you to be a nosy bitch. And I'm always a nosy bitch. I'm always going to ask about the meetings that I wasn't invited to. (laughs) Ask any sort of question that you want instead of assuming that things happen a certain way or another, because you need to get to know like the culture and the customs and the rituals. It makes it sound like very a religious experience joining a company, but like every company has their own set of cultural norms and you just have to learn them. So just don't be afraid to be like, why ask why all the time and calendar stock and ask to be a part of things Um, be included. I guess we're just going right into what, what we should do. I guess we're done with what you shouldn't do Uh, on that note. What you should do is listen more, but like, honestly, my, my first instinct is to always kind of be like, Oh, I have all the right answers. I've been doing this for a while. Low key. How can I have all the right answers? If I don't really have the context for all of the actual problems. Yeah. Literally that doesn't fundamentally make sense. If you don't understand the problems, how can you have the answers? Shut the fuck up. Sit down. And start writing. 
seriously, be a sponge, take a fuck ton of note, not even for you in that moment, but like stuff that you can reference later, because honestly, you're not going to soak it all in the first time, but like give yourself some, something that you can be like, okay, what were we talking about? Cause eventually that project's going to come back. How, how do you set yourself up for a week from now to not have to ask because were you listening or were you not? Yeah. And secondly, ask for help. This is the time I'm terrible terrible at asking for help, but it's okay to say that you don't know something and it's okay to just be like, I don't know. Let me write that down. Let me go find the answer for you. Because honestly, in my position right now, I am kind of the content marketing end all be all. They are asking me things that like I either should know the answers to, or I will have to know the answers to. Mm -hmm. You can't always just figure it out on the fly. And honestly, it makes you kind of look like a dick if you try to do that. I mean, even if you are joining a company as the first person on a specific team, you still can't do your job in a bubble. Totally. Asking for help allows you to understand if there's a process in place or the context around why something was built a certain way. And sometimes it's okay to do it the way that they've been doing it. I don't need to blow up the stuff that they're doing day to day right now. The other thing that I found super helpful was there are other people that start with you set up a group DM because that's a safe space for those quote unquote, stupid questions. If you can't figure something out, like chances are somebody else can't either. And they might've already asked the question to somebody else. And like, you can get the answer through them. It also gives them an opportunity to help you and kind of create that bond. And like low key, those people are probably across the org. So like, you're going to need them at some point. I love it. I dig it. The last one that I, I think has been it is the toughest for me. And also probably the most important is setting boundaries and expectations from the get-go. It can be hard to find the line of what's a company policy, what's a way that the team has done this in the past. My my say counts too. And especially like I'm the one person that's not in the same time zone. They just hired somebody else that's going to be Eastern. So they're kind of we're kind of going to have to figure these things out. But if I always say if if you want the best Bridget, you gotta you gotta let Bridget be her best. I know how I work best. And it's kind of working with your manager and the other kind of people that you're going to be working closely with to kind of set boundaries, set roles, set expectations. It's so much easier to set those things early on than to work out of your pocket for two months and then be like, actually, guys, I don't work well this way. I have to like switch this around. Yeah. Um, I know people later on in their careers, I think C-suite people do this and VP people do this and people who will have like more visibility into their work, but less FaceTime with other people, but it could be a good thing for you to do as well, especially if you are on a distributed team. A lot of them put together docs of like, how do you, how should you work with me? How do I like to work? How can you work with me? Even if you want to be like, here's my personality type in here. I'm an introvert. So like, if you make the first move, that would probably be better, but then I'll, I'll love to have a conversation with you. I prefer to have meetings during these times of days, but my calendar is always open X, Y, and Z, things like that. Um, and put it in like the company wiki or something. You can create those rituals and those pieces of company culture yourself as a new yeah. hire as well. And that's, that's what I wanted to do coming onto a smaller team was to help impact the culture Yeah, from Yeah, because you've seen it work and you've seen what works. You've seen what doesn't work. Like, yeah. But I think too, just the last point here, I guess, obviously you're working with a lot of new people, but they're also working with someone new. Mm -hmm. I think that we forget that a lot. If you don't tell them what you need, they're just going to assume that what they've been doing is fine. Like it goes both ways. You're not asking for much by being like, 
hey man, can I have, can we do no meetings after 3 p.m. PST? Because that's 5 p.m. my time and I'm just not going to be on my computer anymore. Yeah. That's, that's reasonable. You just have to say those things out loud. Boundary to set as well. It it just sets you up for success so that like six months down the line, you're like, I fucking hate working here because they always schedule meetings at 5 p.m. my time and they have no regard for my time zone. When it's like, how are they supposed to know? And that could have been, you haven't set your time zone in your GCAL. Like you haven't set your working hours in your GCAL. Like even that is like a non-verbal boundary. Can you tell me about the cheese that's in your fridge? Well, good for fucking all of us. My parents are here this weekend and they Ugh. love a charcuterie board. So like, yeah, even fret. We just got like herb, like herbed goat cheese at the yep. Safeway for mm-hmm. a little cheese meat cracker situation. Finished it all immediately in one sitting before dinner, <laughs> as we tend to do. There were four of us and we finished like a lot of food and it was delicious and cheese boards forever. What you're at your parents' house currently. Do they have some good cheese in their fridge or what? Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> okay. So it's, is that a no? You look That's disappointed. A no. <laughs> no, but Loki, they have baby bells <laughs> and they have that string cheese like yeah. from your childhood, which yeah, yeah, I've yeah. actually been inhaling. I love cheese sticks. Dude, che- string cheese is the best, but I'm not mad about it. Honestly, that's like good snacking cheese. It's a little nostalgic, you know? I dig it. It's cute. Yeah, it's fun. It. Yep. Okay. I don't know if you could tell, but I was really tired during that. So if you're also in your first week, it's okay for you to feel like your eyes hurt, like behind your eyes. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> your brain isn't really working overtime. It's like we we empathize. We're here for you. Well, I think we're done. Well, if you got a job, we're really proud of you. If you want to get a new job, we're really proud of you for making that decision. If we can help in any way, literally slide into our DMs. My main man, Simon, I connected him with someone who may be able to hire him for the job that he really wants to get into. Yeah, dude. And it's so freaking up. lit. So like, we just want to help you be yeah. happy. Yes. So yeah. everything Sarah said. We love you. <laughs> okay. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.